So we're in the journey of truth. <clears throat> and coming off of where Mark was last week, I'm going back to some of his scripture. But to do that, I want us to look again, because I, I say again, because we actually did some of this back in April and May, the truth about the Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing we all have to get. I pray to God we can all get this. One, without the Holy Spirit, you will never be saved. Absolutely, we are born into the kingdom of God by the Holy Spirit of God. Secondly, you cannot, listen carefully to me, you cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit in your life. It just doesn't happen. Now, all that said, as we think of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that we want to realize is that the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. And so I have a um, request of you. Those of you who understand the Trinity, would you be so kind as to explain it to me? Because I have been working on this now for 50 years, over 50 years. And I still have not come to an understanding of how the Trinity actually works. I know God expresses himself through different personalities. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I get that. I understand that each of, uh, as God expresses himself, there's different functions that they have. I get that. But understanding the total makeup of the Trinity, I just have never understood. However, here's what I do believe. It is in the Word of God. And because it is, I believe it, even though I do not understand it all. So please, as you listen to me today, know that I am not the expert on the Trinity as much as I would love to be. I am not. However, I am depending on the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to help me communicate to you today so that you leave here better than you came. Well, let me... You know, that should be the case. But what if it isn't? What if, in fact, you leave here worse than you came? How could that be? Oh, I know. Because the Holy Spirit is God, there are times that the things that God wants for us and reveals to us through His Holy Spirit and through His Word that we agree with. But sadly, there are other times when there are things that God has for us and the Holy Spirit reveals to us and we don't want it because it doesn't what? It doesn't fit in. If you look at the scripture, it doesn't fit in with our flesh. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walking by the spirit is simply listening to, depending on and responding appropriately to the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, let's back up just a tad, because I'm not sure who all we have here today. Some of you may have been raised, as I was, to believe the Holy Spirit was something to be scared of. Because in my early remembrance of anything said to me, which was by my parents, about the Holy Spirit, they never called him the Holy Spirit. They called him the Holy Ghost. Now... And so I was already predisposed, I didn't realize it, to think of the Holy Spirit as something I need to be really fearful of. You know, when we're predisposed to think that way, that's how we can tend to be. 
For example, uh, growing up, one of the places we lived for some time was across the road from a cemetery. Now, this was a very large cemetery. And so when our friends would come to visit us, we would predispose them to be afraid of what was doing in the cemetery. Because we wanted to scare the living daylights out of them. There were eight of us kids, so we had plenty of ammunition. And so we would get them all psyched up about all the bad stuff over in the cemetery. And then we would take them on a tour with brothers and sisters, you know, in our family kind of strategically located in the cemetery to pop out the right time and do all that stuff. So we already had them predisposed that there was stuff there that they need to be afraid of. And so they were. And then one night we had kind of an, an interesting situation. I had this young man with me, friend of mine. And believe me, I'm not very, I was not very tall back then. I'm not very tall now, but I was much shorter then. And he was even shorter than I was. And we're walking through the cemetery and a grave had actually collapsed and he fell in it. And I will never forget. It was dark, but his eyes look like headlights (laughs) shining up out of that grave. And the vault had collapsed and he was literally on top of the casket. And I reached down and I got his hand and I pulled him up. And about the time I got him to ground level, I realized his feet were already running. <laughs> and all I had to do was set him down. And he went, and he was gone. You know, I laughed so hard. It was hilarious. I had to take him back the next day and show him that it really wasn't the devil that reached out of the ground to get him. So he could have sanity. You know, trauma like that as a child, that's not a bad thing. But no, it, it really is a bad thing. Anyway, so I'm saying when we're predisposed in a certain direction, it can taint us or affect us adversely in how we view the truth. That's why this is called the journey of truth we're on. And this is why today I'm focusing on the Holy Spirit. Because as we walk by the Spirit, and walking by the Spirit is really simple. It's just walking by the Spirit, you know. Letting him have his place, letting him have his way because he is the third person of the Trinity. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So what that scripture is saying is when you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you have within you the capacity to live out your flesh or the capacity to surrender to and allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and enable your life. You have that choice. You have that choice every day. We all do. How we choose to respond to that will be up to us. Now, Paul, wanting to get an understanding of this and help people understand it, here's what he did. He said, this is the conflict. How many of you know about the conflict I'm talking about right now? It's it's a conflict within you and with others. Because when we're, when we're out of line with God, we're going to be out of line with other people. That's just a reality. So that you are not to do so that you are not to do so that you are not to do you're doing great. Turn the volume up a little bit so that you are not to do. Thank you. Because when we're led by the Spirit, 
We're not under the law. We're not under condemnation. We're led by the Spirit. We actually have the greatest freedom we can possibly have. But the acts of the flesh, Paul says, just in case you're not paying attention, the acts of the flesh are obvious. See, these are the obvious things. The internal conflict, everybody can't see. They can see the fruit of that conflict, but they can't see the obvious things. I'm sorry, you can see the obvious things. Immorality, impurity, debauchery, well, sexual immorality. So look at our world today. What sells? (laughs) Sex sells. That's why... You're selling tires and you put a half-naked woman up there. You know, go buy the tires. I wonder if they'd put a half-naked guy up there if they sell more tires. I don't know. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. We're in a world that's changing, isn't it? Okay. Never mind. I'm going to get away from that one. Hmm. Idolatry. Witchcraft. You know what's witchcraft? Witchcraft. Witchcraft is that spirit of control. Um, idolatry is worshiping anything, and I do mean anything other than God. Because one of the issues that we're talking about here, as Paul is revealing this in these verses through the leadership and direction of the Holy Spirit, is that we are so much, I'm going to come back to this later, but we are so much about us, it's not even funny. We have become... Now, I pray to God you're not it. I won't have you stand up and acknowledge it because I don't want to take away your humility medal. But we have become so much about us. We have become so narcissistic. I was reading a a report yesterday about the difference between the narcissist and the sociopath. It's like, God, I'm reading today's newspaper. I'm reading our mail, as it were. Because we have so bought into this thing about, it's all about me. But hatred and discord. How many of you, oh, let's do this. this. This can be fun. How many of you can look across, just across the auditorium And say, and I know you don't know everybody, and you don't know everyone at the same level, but you look across this auditorium and say, you know what? I'm in agreement with that person. Or would you have to say, and maybe you're looking at the person next to you, I really don't live in agreement. You see, those rubs, those frictions, it causes us not to be all that God desires any local body to be. Because we're all different. Thank God we are. We talked about that out in the cafe today. If we were not all different, it'd just be plain vanilla. You know, you walk up and say, what do you want? Coke, Coke, or Coke? And I'm not advertised for Coke. It could be Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi. Whatever. 
We're all different. We have different. And God created us that way, but it isn't that creation of God that causes us to do these things. It is the flesh and the influence of the enemy on our flesh. It causes us to go this direction of jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Now, Paul was not trying to say, I'm covering it all. And if you're not in the list, you, you're free. No, he's saying, I'm giving you some categories here to pay attention to because each of these areas are so detrimental to the kingdom of God. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's where we get a little iffy sometimes. Wait a minute. Is Paul saying... That someone's life who has become so identified by their sexual observation or sexual obviousness that they're not in the kingdom. And the answer is yes, he is. He's not pulling punches. It's kind of like James. He's not pulling punches. But the really, really wonderful, amazing thing is we don't have to live there. That is not what God's design is. That is not what God's desire is. That is not what the kingdom of God is all about. But the fruit of the Spirit, here we go. This time, ask the Holy Spirit to look internally at you, shine his light in, and see what's there. The fruit of the Spirit. If there's fruit, there's root, good or bad. That's fact. The fruit of the Spirit is Love, first of all. Oh, that emotional love. You know, I'm in, so in love with him. I'm so in love with her. No, we're not talking about that. That stuff comes and goes. I would love to think or even share with you that over the years, people who've come in my office who were having trouble in their marriage would never say, we just don't love each other anymore. Do what? That's why when you come to those of us who are here who do weddings, we ask the question, why are you getting married? And ultimately, we take that couple to the fact that they believe, as best they know, this is the will of God for their life. Because this is his love we're talking about here. And that love doesn't go away after, you know, five or ten years and two or three kids and all the things that come in life doesn't go away. It's real love. Makes all the difference. Joy. And this is this is not um I hate to say frivolous, but I'll go ahead and say it. Frivolous happiness. You know how some people they just they're just happy about everything, which is that's okay as long as it's coming from joy within, because happiness tends to be based on external circumstances. And joy is that deep abiding presence of God in me and in you. And forbearance. I'm sorry, peace. I'm, I've skipped, skipped peace. Peace. Peace that passes understanding. When Paul wrote his book uh, in Ephesians, or excuse me, in Philippians, he said, the peace that passes understanding. He was in prison for crying out loud. He wasn't staying at the Holiday Inn in Rome. He was in prison saying, Listen, 
It's your relationship with God. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. It's because you know that you've come to this place by the work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, your outward circumstances are not what determines how you view and do life. Forbearance. Man, that one's, I hate to say that. I'm seeing that one go out the window a lot. People just don't endure anymore. Like, oh, it's so hard. I'm going to quit. Really? When was life not hard? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Now, all of that, when we are living in the Holy Spirit, and we understand that He is God... I want to take you back to John chapter 14. John actually 14, 15, 16. Jesus Christ knows that he's getting ready to be crucified. And so here he is on his last night with his disciples. And he's wanting to impart to them the truth that will sustain them in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. And what does he talk about? He talks about the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says in John 14 beginning verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he may be with you, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. One of the references, one of the many references in these three chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, of Jesus telling his disciples, this is what's going to make the difference in life to come. This is what's going to make the difference for all of us. And when you're living in that life, the Spirit and His fruit, as we just went through, being manifested in you and through you, here's something you might want to write this down. Your mind will not be on yourself, but your mind will be on others. Ah, let me repeat that. When we are walking in the Spirit, our mind will not be on ourself. Our mind will be on others. Now, I've tried to think of a really good way to illustrate that. So let me do a couple things. You're in the grocery store. And you're shopping for your Thanksgiving meal. And you get to the green beans. We'll just take take something really common. You get to the green beans. And there's one can left on the shelf. And there's somebody else standing there looking at that can of green beans. What do you do? You tackle them, take them out, throw a really nice block. Or do you just step back? And you don't brag on yourself and say, hey, hey you, you go ahead. You, go, you have those green beans. I'm a, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I'll find my green beans. You just, you just walk away. Thank you, Lord. I know you'll supply it. If we, don't, if we can't find green beans, we'll have something else. No big deal. 
How do we respond? Now, again, let me back up just a little bit because we are all different, as I said. First of all, we're male and female. And for some of you who haven't really gotten to that place of understanding yet, that's different. Okay? Now, praise God that it is, but it's just different. And we think differently. For example, let's say I would do this. Let's say I would come down here and take this mic and turn it on. And I would walk up to a girl. I'm not going to do this because I I can't stand that much pain. Or a woman, a female. And I'd walk up and I would say, you know what? You're ugly. It would be Katie barred the door. But I'll walk up to a guy. I say, you know what? You're ugly. And you know what he'd say? You're ugly too. (laughs) Do I care? (laughs) It's how we view life. The other thing that we often are not mindful of is the fact that God created us differently, but he also gave us different spiritual gifts. And so those gifts will determine a lot about how we do life, male or female, and it manifests itself differently. To illustrate, my redemptive gift, father gift, is prophet. My wife, her redemptive gift, her father gift, is giver. Now, we didn't understand any of this going in years ago. And we just couldn't understand why we couldn't agree on things. Like I would say, look, darling, the sky is blue. And she says, no, I think it's a little gray. Now, you have to understand she's all about colors and I'm not. You know, just just not. But we're different in so many different ways. And yet we make those things issues rather than understanding how we can get along. Uh, when Chris was, did a message way some time back, he said, can we not be can we not dis, can we not disagree with one another and still be civil in our relationships? I think that's a great quote. But look at this. As the fruit of the spirit is manifested in us, we're not thinking about ourselves, we're thinking of others and how we can minister to them. That's why the the Christmas tree out front, and the they, we actually have 25 families now. When Becky made that video, it was 23. 25 families that we're helping do Christmas this year. That's wonderful. Praise God. That's thinking about others, not about ourselves. And we're finishing up the KIP, and we'll vote on that next month. The KIP is our, the Kingdom Investment Plan for our church ministry here. And as that is um, being presented, one of the things you're going to see is we've been able to increase our missions budget, because locally and uh, across the world, helping people, not thinking about ourselves, but thinking about others. This is, this is when the Spirit of God has a place in you. If, if Jesus Christ... Well, let me give you a scripture. Turn to Acts 10.38. On your phone, however you want to do it. You know, Luke says in writing of the book of Acts, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed 
by the devil, for God was with him. Who was Jesus thinking about when he was going about doing those things? Because, listen, he was being criticized. He was being condemned. He was being barbecued by the religious leaders of his day. And he just kept doing it. Why? Because he was doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus Christ was walking up Calvary, headed to the cross, beaten as badly as he was, who was he thinking about? Us. Not himself. So how is it that those of us who are his redemptive people have sadly become so selfish and so self-centered. When you're asked to do something, what do you do? For those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, that's back to having a relationship with him, getting to know him, know him better. How do I do that? Well, Look at the life of Jesus Christ. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because as I just read in Acts 10, 38, Jesus did what he did, obviously, in response to the Father's will, but under the work of the Holy Spirit. We have that same privilege. So look at how he did life and do life that way in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay in step. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, it's back to who are we really paying attention to? What's our rule? You know, when we get up every day, do we first of all say, Father, you're wonderful, you're amazing, do that worship time? And by the way, to do this, you're going to have to make time to do it. But when you spend time with somebody, for example, let me go back to Sheila and I, even though we are gender difference, even though we're gifted different, we have been married now for a few decades. And so we know each other pretty well. Now, just so you know, we don't agree on everything. It just, we just don't because we have those differences. But we do have this agreeable relationship. And see, every day, even after all these years, we're still getting to know each other even better. So make a point to spend time with the Holy Spirit in the Word of God Remember, he wrote the book. He inspired it. So you know the author of the book. So when you sit down to read it, you, see, you say, hey, hey, Holy Spirit, help me understand what this means. I don't understand what, what this means. Now, we do that with each other called discipleship, and that's a great thing. But ultimately, it comes down to the Holy Spirit giving us revelation in his word. So we're not all about hurting and envying and being jealous of other people and causing problems. We're all about what? Helping and healing and ministering to one another. The treasures in heaven that you and I will have will not be your house. It won't be your car. It won't be the clothes you wear. It will be how you have invested in other people. And what that treasure is, only God can measure and determine. But we are to stay faithful in that as long as he gives us breath. So here's an illustration for you. A couple weeks ago, the ladies went to the beach for the women's retreat. It was their 10th anniversary. They had to miss a year because of COVID. And uh, just so you know, don't pay attention to the woman down front with the pocketbook. She was kind of, you know. They have prizes and gifts. Okay. 
But here's what I want to point out to you. As, as Connie and Sheila were planning this retreat for the ladies and trying to get, what is, it, what is it that God wants to do on this trip? And they came up with this thing about what's in your cup. And they actually, uh, I think Brenda and some others, I can't remember who all was involved, actually found teacups. And so when they got down there, they were all given a teacup. And the question is, what's in your cup? Because here's the thing. What's in your cup is what's going to come out in your life. And remember Jesus when he said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he says, you guys look really good on the outside. On the inside, you stink. On the inside, you're nothing but rotten bones. You're just, it's nasty. So let me ask you, with the Holy Spirit shining his light in your life today, how are you looking on the inside? And see, not to be getting morbid or condemned, but be freed. God shows you something. Holy Spirit shows you something. Confess it, repent of it, move on. Don't wallow in it. And so as these ladies were doing this, the scripture that came to mind when we were talking about it was in uh, John 7. Let me get there. And some of you oh, remember this is, <clears throat> excuse me, being familiar. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his inner most being shall flow rivers, rivers, not just cupful, but rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, guess what? Jesus has been glorified, and the Holy Spirit has been given. So here we are. What's in your cup? What's in your life? That's another way of saying it. What's in your life? And what's splashing out on those around you? Is it criticism? Is it condemnation? Is it profanity? What is it? What's splashing on the lives of others? Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit of God living in us, enabling us to walk this life out we can read Matthew, Bar, Luke, and John and say, wait a minute, that's what the Holy Spirit's doing in my life. He did it in Jesus' life. He's doing that in my life. Is this not amazing that here we are in the 21st century and the Holy Spirit of God is revealing these things in my life and through my life. And because of that, I'm able to touch other people's lives in ways that bring glory and honor and praise to him. This is crazy good stuff. But guess what? We still get to choose. We still get to decide. What are we going to do? Because, see, we can plan, but the real truth is revealed in our reaction. For example, let's back up to my illustration while I go. I know it's silly, but it's okay. If I were to walk up to you today and say to you, you're ugly. What would be your reaction? I got nothing there? (laughs) See? And that's honesty, and I appreciate that. 
it tends to fall along gender lines. And that's just one silly, silly illustration, okay? But we all need to, before we start our day, Holy Spirit, fill me. Ask him to fill you. That's how this works. And whatever I encounter today, you reveal yourself in my life. Please stand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for opening our eyes in a greater capacity to the ministry and work and the person of the Holy Spirit. And let us absolutely, let us absolutely allow you, Holy Spirit, to work in us and through us so that there is that overflowing rivers of living water splashing on, touching our families, our friends, our co-workers, our community, wherever our community is, that we do that. And Holy Spirit, do your work now in Jesus' name in all of our lives. We give you praise. Amen.